you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. A few months ago, Stephen went on Norwegian Joy out of L.A. down to the Mexican Riviera, and he joins us on the show to talk about it. Hey, Stephen. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you for coming on to share this review with us. Excited to talk about Norwegian Joy. It's been a little while since we've heard from the ship. Uh, so before we get to the ship, we'll take a step back, as we always do, and we'll get some pre-cruise thoughts. You're over in Texas City, Texas, and you made your way to L.A. Any pre-cruise time over there? Yeah, well, basically, uh, this actually starts back in 2018 when we were on the breakaway out of New Orleans. We did um, a little visit with the cruise consultant there. And she happened to mention that um, the joy was going to be coming. And we had always wanted to do a Mexican Riviera cruise. We've done a lot of cruises to the Caribbean, and this sounded like something different. Mm -hmm. So uh, we went ahead and decided to book it. And they gave us a lot of special offers to take that cruise. Um, We're actually Norwegian platinum level. Mm -hmm. So we already had those things coming to us. But they also gave us five perks to take the joy out of L.A. So we had um, free round-trip airfare from Houston Intercontinental George Bush to LAX. We had uh, we got free specialty dining, which was three dinners, 250 minutes of Internet, the free beverage package, and a $50 credit for each of the NCL booked shore excursions on the cruise. So it was too many good offers to pass up. So we decided to go ahead and book it, especially with the free airfare, because that's the thing that you always have to think of when you're booking is how much is it going to cost us to get to the port in addition to the cost of the cruise. We had and booked it on the ship while we were there and we were ready to go. A lot of cruisers hesitate to use the free airfare offers from the cruise lines because of routing. Um, Was it a pretty straight shot from Houston to L.A.? was the only thing that um, is a little bit of a uh, kind of a drawback is you have to fly out of intercontinental mm-hmm. which for us is a little over an hour away whereas hobby is about 20 minutes away yeah. but um, it was fine we got a, it was a straight shot there um, you know when you look at the clock we left at six in the morning and we were there at 7:30 because mm-hmm. of the time changes mm-hmm. but uh, it was fine uh, we'll talk about the return it was a, a little more bumpy coming back but uh, it was actually pretty easy it was a a a good flight any we did we did go to um there a day early because i'm i always have that fear that if we fly in the same day that we sail that we might get delayed and might end up missing the ship so we flew in a day early and spent the night at the um, best western in san pedro and uh to get to the to the best western we used um the shuttle from lax which is no longer being offered they actually have stopped doing Super Shuttle as of uh, a week or so after we used it. So um, you have to use a different transportation means. A lot of people are using um, Uber and Lyft and those other services for it. But uh, we got to the um, the hotel. Uh, this was you know basically 9 o'clock in the morning, and they went ahead and let us go ahead and check in. And they were really nice. The hotel people were really accommodating. We were there so early, they asked us if we wanted to have breakfast in the hotel because they were still serving it from, you know, basically for the guests who had spent the night before. So we went and had uh, breakfast at the hotel and then went to our room and just relaxed for the rest of the day. Oh, wow. That's that's very nice that you check in early. Most of the time when you go there, they're like, you can't check in until three o'clock. I know. That's why we were very surprised. The room was ready to go. And by the way, I'll go ahead and mention it here. Um, I... 
use a mobility scooter. So I, I have some um, disability things I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So the hotel room that we got was a handicapped accessible room. So that may be one of the reasons why it was available. Yeah. But we did get to check in early and uh, we had a nice afternoon. Uh, the, the the port itself, there's not a whole lot around there. Mm-hmm. So um, we didn't have we didn't have any transportation. We could have Ubered or taxied somewhere, mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of stuff close by. Most of the stuff is a pretty good walk. Mm-hmm. which, you know, for me, that was a bit of a problem. So uh, we basically stayed at the hotel and then ordered uh, dinner brought to the room. We had pizza brought in, but um, it was good. And the next morning, they had a free shuttle back to the port. So um, we got on the very first shuttle in the morning at uh, 9 o'clock, and we were at the port by 9.30. So you make your way to the port. How was embarkation for Norwegian Joy? That was the worst thing. And I don't know if we were just unlucky or what, but it wasn't just us that had the problem. It was, it was very confusing. Um, when we got there, obviously the uh, other people were still getting off the ship from the previous cruise and we had to wait a little while before they were ready to check in. So we waited. And by the way, LA in December, you think it's going to be nice and sunny and warm. It was actually pretty cold that morning with a really strong wind. So we were out there in shorts and T-shirts getting, and basically freezing uh, out waiting to get oh, inside the building. And they realized that, and they finally let us go in, and go inside into the little tent area. And we waited in there, and then uh, we got to go in. And um, we were waiting for, I get wheelchair service onto the cruise ship. So we went in, and we signed in to get the, the service. They took us over to uh, check in, all that stuff, and then we went to the waiting area, and that's where things somehow broke down, because now, you know, we're talking between 9.30 and 10 in the morning, and we waited, and we waited, and we waited, <laughs> and nobody ever came to get us, and I kept hearing them calling the boarding, you know, they would do priority boarding, and we're, since we're Latitude's Platinum, we usually get to go on early, and being handicapped, we, I get to go on early, but they skipped over all of us, and all of a sudden, they were doing general boarding, and we still weren't on. So finally, Earl went to go and and, uh, talk to somebody there. And it turns out there are a whole lot of people waiting in our original area where we were sitting. And all of them were waiting for somebody to take them on the ship. Apparently, they had broken down somewhere and didn't have any pushers to push people onto the ship. So by the time we finally got all that straightened out, it was almost 1230 when we finally got on the boat. Wow. So it was a long morning to be waiting. But once we got on the ship, it was fine. But there was just something not going right. I think it was miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Somebody forgot to tell somebody. But yeah. it, was, it was a bit of a wait. It's the longest we've ever had to wait to get on a ship. Yeah, that port can be a hot mess, too, though. That all that whole terminal area there in San Pedro. It can yeah. Be, uh, we, had a, we had kind of a nightmare on disembarkation there. But anyway, you make your way on board Norwegian Joy. How were your, what were your first impressions? Well, when we first got on, we had done a lot of reading about the ship beforehand, as we always do. And we had kind of been warned ahead of time that when you go to get on the ship, the elevator area is going to be really, really crowded. And sure enough, it was because we wanted to get up to the room because my scooter, the scooters get delivered to the rooms directly. So, you know, we wanted to get up to the room so I could get my scooter so that then we could go to lunch. But we had to wait a long time for the elevator. They have far too few elevators in that area. And not all of them are running. So we had to stand there quite a while. And finally, we got to go up to the room. And once we got up to, we were on deck number 10. And once we got to the room, they were obviously still doing all the setups for the new cruise. 
and all the luggage, all the um, carts were out in the hall, so it was kind of hard to get down the hall. We finally got to the room, and they didn't look too happy to see us <laughs> because they weren't ready yet. But I told them, I said, I just want to get my scooter and get back down. So we went in and got the scooter and went ahead and left. But um, once we got that, we got to do a little touring around, and I really liked the look of the ship. Um, uh, the the atrium area was really pretty. We've been on so many Norwegian ships now, we kind of know what to expect. But I thought this one was a pre- uh, especially nice, especially the uh, the main atrium where they have the chandelier and all was all nice. Mm-hmm. One thing that we noticed that was kind of odd, we always go on cruises in December, so we expect a lot of Christmas decor. And this one had the fewest number of Christmas decorations that we've ever seen on a ship. They did have, you know, a tree here and a poinsettia there. Um, they did have a nice display in the atrium of uh, gingerbread houses that had a train going around and all that was really nice. But overall, the ship didn't look very Christmassy. And we just thought that that was unusual because usually they go all out. And I'm not sure if that's a new trend for them or this particular ship or how that works. But um, it was laid out pretty much as we expected it to. It looked a lot like the breakaway that we were on last December. So we kind of knew where things were going to be. Like for example, the, the restaurants being right across from one another with the bar in the center, all of that was almost exactly the same. So it was kind of familiar to us once we got on it. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? We got, and we have gotten hooked on the, um, we've been getting mini suites for a long time, but we've gotten hooked on the aft mini suites, which um, have the larger balcony on them. And um, the one on the breakaway was probably the, the biggest balcony we've ever had. Um, you could, it easily could have held about six to eight people. It had two lounges, two chairs, and a table. This one was big, but not quite that big. Um, but it still had the, um, the chairs and the table out, and there was plenty of room to move around. But um, since it's a handicapped accessible room, it's already going to be bigger than a standard stateroom is going to be. So it had plenty of room. Um, they give you plenty of room because with the scooter, you want to be able to maneuver around. And you can actually take the scooter right out onto the balcony. It has a ramp that you can go. Um, has a huge bathroom in it. The bathrooms um, in those handicapped accessible rooms have a roll-in shower. Mm-hmm. So they're a little, they're different in terms of their configuration than you expect to see on a ship. You don't have the little glassed-in shower like you would uh, usually have. Um, because it's basically just one big room, but it had plenty of room. Um, it had the, the two twin size beds and, um, the, um, nightstands and all that. There was plenty of stuff in the room. It was, it, there was everything that you expect to see in the room. Uh, we didn't have any complaints about the room at all in terms of the furniture or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, plenty of plugs, plenty of, um, outlets in terms of i always bring uh power strips with me when we travel so in case there aren't enough we can plug that in and use what we need the um we had a hard the only thing we didn't notice right away was the usb plugs but they're actually built into the lamps so that's why we didn't see them right away because they're kind of hidden but they were there too so we had plenty of ways to charge everything that we needed to charge but um all in all we thought the room was very nice it was very well appointed i thought the tv could have been a little bit bigger Mm-hmm. considering the size of the room. But other than that, that's a small quibble. Had the mini mini bar on the safe. Yeah. Trying to think if there's anything else that, that we didn't have. Mm-hmm. Plenty of storage. I did notice 
This is one of those rooms where you have to leave your key card in the little switch when you go in to keep the lights going. One thing we really liked about this, and it seems like a small thing, but it actually was really cool, is that it has the switch on the wall so that if you need uh, your room made up, you could um, tell them to make up the room uh, electronically. And the same thing if you want a do not disturb sign. We had been on a cruise a couple of years ago where we saw a kid running up and down the hallway pulling everybody's do not disturb tags off of their door and throwing them. So, you know, it's like, you know, who knows, you know, which doors are supposed to be left shut. Mm -hmm. But now since it's electronic, you just push that little button, the little red light goes on outside and you can tell right away which, which rooms are ready to be made up and which ones need to be left alone. And it's really cool when you're, when you're in the room with the key card in, there's a blue light above the door that says at home. So you're actually feeling like you're at your own little house. Very good. Let's talk about the dining on this seven-night cruise aboard Norwegian Joy. Of course, Norwegian's known for freestyle dining, so eat where you want, when you want. So let's actually, before we get to the specialty restaurants with the dining package you had, let's talk about the, like the main dining room setting. So where did you eat in the main dining room, and how was it? Yeah, since we already had the um, the specialty dining that we get from our latitudes, we had uh, Two dinners from that, one of which came with a bottle of wine. So we had those two, plus we had the three that we got with the perks. So we actually had five specialty dining. So that only left us really with two dinners that we ate at the, the main dining rooms. And on the Norwegian ships lately, we've noticed that this is a change over the last few years. It used to be when they had two main dining rooms, there'd be different menus on in each one. But that's not the case anymore. It's the same menu wherever you go. And there's actually three dining rooms now because you've got taste and savor, which are right across from each other. And there's a bar in between the two. And then there's also the Manhattan room, which on the breakaway, I remember they had the dance floor on it and people could go out there and dance. I never noticed that in this one so much. I don't know if it's just been because it was added as, as an afterthought because of when they did the refurbishment on this ship. But I never saw anybody doing that, and I didn't see that space set up. But uh, the meals that we did have for uh, dinner uh, in the two, uh, in the three main dining rooms, actually, uh, were all pretty much good. We didn't have any complaints about the food. I had one bad meal the whole time on the ship, which I think is is pretty good if you only have one. And one of them was in that one of those restaurants, and it was just because the menu that night didn't appeal to me. I never could find anything I wanted. But other than that, I thought that the food was, as, as a whole, everything was really good that we had. Um, we ate breakfast. We never eat at the buffets. The only time we've ever eaten at a buffet is we came back from a shore excursion one time, and it was kind of late, and the uh, main dining rooms were closed. So we ended up going to the buffet. We prefer to go to a sit-down place. So every morning, we ate breakfast in one of the sit-down rooms. Usually, they were both open. You could just pick which one you wanted to go to. Um, and lunch for the days that we were on the ship, we also ate at one of the main dining rooms, except for, I think, two times we went for the um, the local. I'll talk about it a little bit more later on when we get to the other restaurants. But um, we only had two dinners at the, the main dining rooms. And then, like I said, everything was good. We had no complaints about the food at all. All right, and let's talk about the specialty restaurants. What you can do here is just give us the restaurant and your experience and then just move to the next one. First night we were on the ship, we got uh, we went to Cagney's Steakhouse, which you know we always book. And um, 
it was really good. The food, the steaks are always really good there. I always like that restaurant on each of the Norwegian ships we've been to. Um, one thing we noticed, though, and I don't know if it was this particular ship or, or how it works, but it used to be when you're on the dining plan, you used to get an appetizer, either a soup or a salad, your entree with a side, and your dessert. But that first night when we went to Cagney's, when we went to order, we noticed that they have changed that a little bit. Now you get the appetizer or a super salad, and you get your entree and the side and your dessert. And um, we noticed that, like, for example, we wanted to get the, a sauce that came with the steak, and it used to come with it. Now that's extra. If you want to get the peppercorn so sauce or the port wine sauce or whatever it is that you want on there, you've actually got to pay for it. It does not come with the steak anymore. But um, other than that, food was very good. Uh, the steaks were cooked the way we wanted to. It was actually very good. We both had a New York strip, and uh, everything was really, really good. We had no problems with the food there. Um, that's where we actually got our uh, – that was one of our uh, choices for our Latitudes package. So we got the bottle of wine, and we just had a couple of glasses of wine, and then they take the bottle and they put it into the wine cellar so that we can get it again another night. Uh, that was night number one. Uh, the second night, we went to Le Bistro, the French restaurant. Once again, the food was very good. Service was very good, by the way, in all the restaurants. We didn't have really bad service anywhere. This one, we were told that you could actually get an appetizer and a soup or a salad. So it was a little different. So it wasn't consistent from restaurant to restaurant. I think it depended upon the server and what they, what they chose to do. But um, food was really good. We both always get the French onion soup. It's our favorite thing to get when we go to Le Bistro. I had um, uh, the scallops, and um, Earl got the cocoa van. Everything was very good. No complaints about the meal. Third time was uh, La Cucina, and that's the Italian restaurant. And um, we were able to get both the appetizers and the super salad there. And I had a, I remember it very well because it was actually one of my favorite things. I had a charcuterie board there that came with salami and cheese and bread and all. And it was really, really good. Then um, a new restaurant for us and for Norwegian is Q, which is the barbecue restaurant. That restaurant, the portions, the only way to describe them is massive. It was a lot of food because this, this restaurant, they told us you get an appetizer, the entree with two side dishes, then your main course, and then your dessert and all the entrees and you can pick one barbecue item or you can get a sampling so you can get barbecue chicken uh, ribs brisket pulled pork things like that but we got the sampler which said it would come with a quarter pound of basically ribs brisket jalapeno and cheese sausage and chicken and the chicken was a quarter of a chicken, either a breast and a wing or a leg and a thigh. And um, it also comes with sampler sizes of side dishes. That's in addition to the two main sides that you pick. It comes with these little, it's like the little silver cups you get on a plate mm -hmm. where they'll put ketchup or mayo when you get a hamburger. But these had coleslaw, potato salad, one of two kinds of beans. You could either get pinto beans or barbecue beans. Uh, pickles, onions, and I think that's everything. And then you also get a big slab of jalapeno cornbread with it. 
Well, we got the uh, the appetizers. Um, Earl got the crab cakes, and I got another charcuterie board. It was a different one. It, um, it was good, but it wasn't as good as the one in La Bistro. It had a uh, pate on it that was a barbecue, kind of like a chip beef thing, and I didn't really care for it too terribly much, but the rest of it was good. But then um, the waiter brought out our entrees, and I swear it looked like each one of us had a turkey platter from Thanksgiving <laughs> with a ton of food on it. It was more than we could ever possibly eat. The two of us could eat, let alone each one having our own platter. And it was all very good. Um, it was kind of ironic, too, because he put um, the platter with a breast and a wing in front of me, which is what I prefer. And then Earl got the leg and the thigh, which is what he eats. So it just happened to work out fine. Because usually we end up having to switch parts back and forth. But um, it was a ton of food. And everything was really good. The smoke flavor in it. Since we live in Texas, we think we know barbecue pretty well. Uh, because, you know, we always make the joke in Texas, everything is either a barbecue restaurant or Tex-Mex restaurant is pretty much what most of the restaurants here are. Mm -hmm. And the barbecue was good. And of course, I was wondering, how in the world do you do barbecue on a cruise ship? Because we know that they can't be lighting a fire anywhere. So I asked the waiter, and he said, the food comes in, it's pre-smoked, and they just basically uh, finish up the grilling and all there on the ship. But, um, it was a lot of food. We were we were ready to pop, and we couldn't even finish it. But then we still had dessert. And, of course, we're going, no, oh, do we really need to get dessert? But we said, yeah, we better go and get it. So we got dessert, and we looked at the menu, and we thought that the lightest thing there would be the banana pudding. So we ordered the banana pudding, think it's going to be this little cup. Oh, no. It was a big mason jar filled, filled with banana pudding and fresh bananas. It had... Um, little homemade vanilla wafers on the side. And on top was a mound of uh, meringue that had been toasted. And on the very top of that was a little brulee banana. And this thing was just huge. But the banana pudding was really, really good. Can only eat about a third or a half of it. And that was it. We couldn't finish it. And um, we were telling the other diners around us, be careful when you order Everything is big, and it was. All the food was very, very massive in size. The last night we were on the ship, we ate at the teppanyaki restaurant. And what's funny is the last two cruises we've been on, we always go to the teppanyaki place, but it's always kind of like our, our last choice because they've never been especially good on the cruise ships compared to the ones that we go to here. But for some reason, I don't know if the planets were aligned correctly or what, but that was probably the best meal we had on the ship and it had to do with the cook uh, that of course cooks it right in front of you and whatever they're using to uh, season the meat and the sauces they put on it because everything was excellent. We got the combination, uh, the steak and shrimp. The steak was a filet mignon that was cooked perfectly. It was so funny because I was just about to tell the chef the steak is cooked perfectly when the guy sitting across from us said, this steak is cooked perfectly. We ordered it medium rare, and it was a perfect medium rare and as tender as it could possibly be. The shrimp was all good. It came with um, whatever the sauce was that he used to marinate. It was very good. Um, it came with um, edamame, fried rice that, of course, they cook on the grill in front of you, uh, soup and salad. And uh, once again, it's a lot of food, but everything was, was seasoned perfectly and cooked perfectly. Had no complaints whatsoever. We remembered from the last couple of times that we've been to Teppanyaki that 
the dessert is always the low point because they only have two choices. They have a matcha cake that comes with a big scoop of green tea ice cream. And then the other choice is sliced fruit. They call it sashimi fruit, which is kind of a, a weird name. But when I think of sashimi, I think of, you know, sushi, raw fish. <laughs> yeah. But that's what they call the, the dessert because the fruit is cut so thinly. But it came with some dipping sauces with it. One was a coconut. One was a mango. And I can't remember what the third one was, but it was really good. We had that that really was the best meal that we had on the ship because I could not have uh, asked for a better, better way to cook things. It was just really, really good. You mentioned that you ate at um, the local bar and grill. How was that? The local um, on this ship is basically Oceans on on the other on the other NCL ships. And um, it's open 24 hours a day. So it's a good place if um, you go to see a show and you want something afterwards and it's uh too late to go to any of the main dining rooms but we used it for lunch a couple of days just because we wanted to switch things up in the main dining rooms the lunch menu did not change any of the days we were on it the breakfast menu changes a little um they do change like the featured things but the lunch menu never changed the whole time so you get kind of tired of seeing the same thing every day so we said we'll switch it up so we went to uh the local which is small. I thought it was a lot smaller than the Oceans on the other ships. And this may be one of those restaurants that was added after uh, the refurbishment when they brought uh, the Joy back over from the Asian market. But um, it was small, but we never really had to wait to get in there. We always had a, uh, a seat ready for us. One thing I liked about it is um, every day they had a different soup of the day. And the soups were really good. I, I got, you know, the two times I was there, I, I really liked both of them. Um, I had a Reuben one day that was cooked really well. It was really good. Um, we had nachos another day. The nachos were good. Hamburgers and hot dogs were good. But uh, I like that restaurant because it's um, the menu is kind of eclectic because you can get really good fish and chips there. And if you're not in the mood for uh, an entree, you can just get some appetizers. They have a spinach dip and some other things. But um, we enjoyed going there. We always go to the Oceans on the other ships. So. We look forward to going to this one, too. How was the entertainment on this cruise? Entertainment, we uh, we always go to the big production shows. And on this particular uh, ship, Norwegian is doing a Broadway show now. And um, this ship's uh, Broadway show was Footloose. And uh, I had seen Footloose, actually, the original Broadway production in New York when it first debuted back in it was the early 90s when it came out. And I thought this one was just as good as the Broadway one. It's a, it's kind of a, a shortened version of it, and there's nothing wrong with that because um, you know some of the Broadway shows can run you know two and a half hours, so they don't have that much time to be able to get two in every night. But it was a good production. The cast was really good. The singing was excellent. The dancing was good. Um, it's a good show if if you're familiar with the movie of Footloose and you know how many how many uh, really famous songs came from that show. Um, that are in the background in the movie, but then they become the the focal songs in the, in the uh, Broadway show. But uh, it was really good. It, the cast was very energetic, and we really liked it. Uh, the second production show is Elements, and we had seen Elements on the Breakaway the last time we were on when we were on the Breakaway last year. And uh, it's a Las Vegas t- type show. It's a combination of singing, dancing, and magic. And it's themed to the four major elements, earth, wind, fire, and water. And uh, the effects kind of go along with it. 
it's a it's a good show. Um, the only thing we were since I had my scooter when we sat, we were sitting in the very front row because it was the easiest place to get to, and um, we were a little too close in terms of the magic tricks because we got to see um, the magic be not so magic. We got to see how some of the tricks were done. Oh. So that wasn't too good. If we had been a little further back, we might not have seen them, but mm. uh, it was fine. Yeah. But uh, it's a good show. It's um, very colorful. The costumes are really neat. The set's really cool. They were both great shows. Um, I was very happy with it. And that's the only shows we went to see. They do have others on the ship. They have the Cavern Club, which is a recreation of where the Beatles first started out. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to go to the Cavern Club because I'm a huge Beatles fan. And every night that they did the Cavern Club Beatles show, it was a different stage in the life of the Beatles. It started off with when they first started, and then it went through the Sgt. Pepper phase and through um, eventually to Abbey Road. But we were booked somewhere else doing something else for every time the show was on. And that Cavern Club theater is really small. And um, I heard several guests saying that they wanted to go and there was no room for them to get in. So I didn't feel so bad about missing it. But it would have been nice if it would have been a little bit bigger because I felt that's the only thing I really felt I missed out on on the cruise was I really would have liked to see the Beatles tribute uh, band. They had stand-up comedians, too. We did not go to that. We've done those on on the other cruises with them, but this didn't really appeal to us this time. But that's all the shows that we went to see. Yeah, in the Cavern Club, whenever I went to it on Encore, it was like standing room only, almost to where it was a little too crowded. So I actually just went out on the waterfront to the bar outside of the Cavern Club and kind of just watched it from, like watched the performance on the TV from the bar outside. And of course, being on my scooter again, that makes it really hard because if Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get into a place that's crowded, you know, I'm always having to say, mind your toes. I don't want to run somebody over, but... um, it, it makes it a little bit harder. So I, I feel bad that we missed it, but we've seen Beatles tribute acts before. Sure. So, you know, it's not like I've, I've never seen one, but I just would have liked to see those different stages each each night. I thought that would have been kind of fun to watch. Let's talk about the sea days on Norwegian Joy and how it was and how it handled crowds and congestion. And talk to us about the Observation Lounge. We, um, sea days for us, you know, they're basically just lazy days. When we go on a cruise, it's not so much about wanting to do a whole lot. We just kind of like to do our own thing. Um, that's one of the nice things about having a balcony is Earl likes to go out on the balcony and listen to his music and read. And uh, I like to go exploring. I'll go out and uh, go around the ship and go to the library and and just like to check out all the different venues that they have. Um, one thing we always do is we play trivia uh, on the cruise ships and we always check the schedule every day for uh, when the trivia is being done. Typically, they do a morning trivia and an afternoon. And we've noticed the trivia has changed a lot from when we first started sailing. We've been, on, we've been sailing on Norwegian now for almost 20 years, so we've been on a lot of their ships. Um, they've changed it. It used to be a little more organized and more of like a, a contest, and now it's not done that way anymore because you used to have a little scorecard and you get points every time. And then at the end, you could cash them in for a prize at the end of the cruise. They don't do it that way anymore. Now they just do it individually. Each cruise session, uh, each uh, trivia session on the cruise, they um, at, after the game is over, you go up to the front if you were the winning team and you get a little doodad, whatever it happens to be. And it's nothing, it's nothing flashy or anything. And that's kind of sad. And it used to be you really had to have a, a, a team to do it of so many people now, as many people want to be on a team, it's, it's fine. 
So you can have a team over there with 20 people on it and they all win. And then we just, it's just the two of us. So it's kind of not very fair the way it's done, but uh, we still do it because we like doing the trivia. We did go to the um, Galaxy Pavilion one day, which is the virtual reality arcade, because I like um, dark rides. Like you see, like the Pirates of the Caribbean type stuff at Mm -hmm. Disney. We're big Disney fans, too, so I'm always going to compare things to Disney. But they have this um, one particular thing that um, they called it a 7D attraction. I don't know where all the all the D's came from. It definitely was in 3D. I don't remember any other thing coming out. It was a shoot 'em up game. And uh, it was $7 for each person. So it was $14 for the two of us for one game. And uh, we did the uh, shoot 'em up, the werewolf one. And basically the werewolves pop up all over and you got to shoot them. And it was a lot of fun. They, they had various versions you could do. They had werewolves, zombies, killer clowns. But if it was going to be $14 uh, a game, it got it, that would have been a little pricey after a while. It would have been nice if they had offered a different kind of a package for that. They did have arcade packages, but that wasn't for that particular thing. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of those games in there. That room was was actually pretty empty. Every time we went by there, we went by there several times just to check it out before we actually did it. And every time we went by there, it was kind of a ghost town. I thought it would be packed with kids, but it wasn't. Um, it, was, it was pretty empty every time. They have big mock-ups of race cars and planes and everything else that you can do. There was one that was kind of cool called Walk the Plank, and we did watch a young lady do that one. They had the helmet on, She had the helmet on, and she's walking across what looks like a balance beam, and apparently it gives the illusion that she's walking the plank off the edge of the ship, which... And you could tell it must have been pretty realistic because she was kind of flipping out when she was looking around her to see what she was doing. <laughs> but um, we did that one day. Um, didn't do any other arcade games or anything like that. We did go to the Observation Lounge a couple of times, actually, once just to kind of walk through. The Observation Lounge um, has an extension of the buffet in there, so there's food in there all the time. So if you want, you can actually eat in there. They actually had some uh, – We went in there one morning after we'd had breakfast we just went in there to sit and watch the water but uh, they had some girls going around and giving out um, some little muffins and things as we were sitting there but I like that area because it was quiet and uh, it had nice you know basically 360 degree views around that you could see Um, it was very 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 um, calming so I liked I like going to that area quite a bit I think that's pretty much everything that we did during the during the sea days. Okay. Let's talk about the ports of call you went to on this Norwegian Joy Cruise. And what we'll do here is just give us the port and give us the highlight and then move to the next one. Sure. This One of the reasons we chose this cruise is because we've been to the Caribbean a lot uh, over, the, over the 20-something years we've been doing this. And uh, this sounded different because we'd never been to the Mexican Riviera before. I remember growing up watching The Love Boat, and those were the ports that uh, they used to go to on the show. So this particular cruise went to Cabo San Lucas first, and then Mazatlan, and then Puerto Vallarta was the third port. So it was three ports we've never been to. And um, with the shore excursions for them, the one in Cabo San Lucas, I booked through the cruise line. Uh, One thing, and if anybody is needing uh, handicapped accessible, this particular cruise, none of the shore excursions were handicapped accessible. So that's always a problem because, you know, 
the scooter trying to get it off the ship and get it to where you want to be can be problematic. So mm -hmm. um, that's always a concern for me. So for that first port, because it's a tender port in Cabo, they would not let me take the scooter with me to um, to Cabo. So it had to be someplace where I could do some walking. So I did some research and went and talked to the shore excursions desk and was assured that there wasn't a lot of walking from um, getting from the tender boat to the boat that we were going to get on for our excursion. So I went ahead and booked it. And plus we got our little, we got a, we always get a discount because of the um, level that we are with latitudes. We got a discount on the shore excursions. And on top of that, we got $50 back from having that, that perk from doing the free at sea promotion. So um, the uh, shore excursion we picked in Cabo was the whale watching trip. And, um, I had done a whale watching trip once before on the East Coast where we saw absolutely nothing on, on that whale watching trip. But we were very lucky on this one because we were out. Uh, it's a two hour excursion and we were gone maybe oh, 30 minutes or so. And uh, we had been served some drinks and we were just looking at the water and all. And they were giving us a little uh, narrated tour as we went through that area. Uh, they showed us uh, some of the sites. And we got to this one spot, and apparently they got a message that there had been some whales seen. So the captain headed over that way, and sure enough, we stopped, and there were whales. We saw, it, it, I always say, it's kind of like the anatomy lesson. We saw a flipper here, a fluke over here, a spout over here. But yeah. if you put it all together, we had a whale. We had several of those as we were sitting there. And, um, of course, everybody rushes to that side of the boat to get a picture. But we did get some good pictures and some videos of, of the whales. Um, on the way back, they gave us a little little tour as well. They uh, took us over to uh, – there's a, a pretty famous place there called El Arco, which is the, uh, the big arch. And it's a, a cliff that uh, forms this big arch. And it, I always say it reminds me of uh, the scene in Clash of the Titans when the Kraken comes up and grabs a hold of this thing. It's, it's pretty impressive looking. But we went over there and got some pictures of that. and then. We went over to where the sea lion colony was and got to see these sea lions are so well trained <laughs> that when the boats pull up to them, the sea lions jump up on the boats and the guys give them some fish and they jump back off. But uh, that was fun to watch. But uh, then um, they also gave us a snack while we were on the boat. In addition to the drinks, they gave us chips and salsa uh, on there, which was a nice surprise. I didn't know they were going to do that. Of course, they call them salsa. It's actually to us. It's just pico de gallo. It was um, onions and cilantro and jalapeno peppers and tomatoes, but it was really good. I mean, it was a nice little snack because we, we were getting hungry by that time because we hadn't eaten for what, 30 minutes because on the cruise <laughs> you get fed all day long. But then when we got back from there, we actually did end up going to lunch. Nice. But, um, Cabo was a nice port. Um, we didn't get to see anything of Cabo itself because we just did that. And then went to the back to the ship afterwards. The water wasn't choppy. It was sunny. So we had a good time in Cabo. Next time I'd go back, if I, you know, like I said, the, the scooter thing is always going to be a, is an issue. But it would not be nice if I get to see a little bit more of the town. Uh, second port was Mazatlan. Now, for the last two ports, I booked my own shore excursions because, once again, it becomes a, a problem when you don't have the scooter capability. So I used uh, Tourists by Locals to book. And um, in Mazatlan, we ended up doing um, a tour 
of Mazatlan. The uh, driver met us at the port. This was a docking uh, port. So he met us right at the dock and uh, had a sign up with our name on it. And we went and met him, put our scooter in the back and off we went. He gave us a nice tour of the whole city. It's basically divided like into two parts. There's an old town and a new town. And he took us all around. He took us along the water's edge and he told us some of the, the things to look for there. There's a very famous little landmark off the coast and it's basically, the, they're called the Two Brothers Rocks. They're uh, Isla de los Hermanos. And um, it, he told the story of how, about how they got their name, that basically there were these two brothers that, that both had um, a woman they were in love with. And it turns out it was the same woman they were both in love with. And they challenged each other to a duel and ended up killing each other in the duel. And um, the woman got so angry that the two men had killed themselves that she um, basically turned them into these two big rocks. But the funny part about the story is that there's like a curse that's put on them for all eternity because the two rocks are, are white on top. And it's because they've been cursed for all eternity to have the birds come and do their business on top <laughs> of the rocks. So that's why the rocks have those white tops on them. So that was pretty that was a funny story. But um, but he took us all around. He took us downtown. I was really impressed. And this is about all three uh, ports. They were all much more modern than I expected them to be. I guess we've spent so much time in the Caribbean that I expected everything to be kind of um, old school when it came to like uh, traffic and things. These, all of the cities that we went to were all very modern. They had a lot more um, handicapped accessible things than I expected. And Mazatlan was no exception to that. Um, I had told them that we collect Christmas ornaments from every uh, port that we stop in. And he said, I know just the place to take you. So he took us to this little shopping center that on one side was a high-end gallery of, of statues and other types of art. And on the other side, it was all handmade uh, things for your house. And when I first got up to it, I thought, oh, there's a step here. I won't be able to get the scooter up. But the shop actually had uh, two doors and they went and opened the other door that had a ramp. So I was able to go right into the store. And we noticed as we were driving that the sidewalks all had ramps onto them. In fact, one of them, they were actually installing the ramp while we were passing by. They were out there pouring the cement for it to make it more handicapped accessible, which I thought was really neat. Because a lot of times when we're in the Caribbean, there are a lot of places we can't go to because you can't get up because of the, um, the curbs or because there's cobblestones and it's such a rough ride, it's hard to do it with the scooter. So that was pretty cool. Um, but all of the all the ports were that way. They were all a lot more modern, very clean. We never felt unsafe anywhere. In fact, um, we noticed that there was always a lot of military present around like the ports to, to guard them. Um, everything was clean. Everything was very, very neat in terms of um, the cities. So we liked we liked all three ports. Um, we continued on that tour after we went to that store. We continued on the tour, and he took us to the new end of town, showed us all the uh, the marina area and all that, and then we went back to the ship. Third port was Puerto Vallarta, which was our favorite of the three. Once again, I used tours by locals for that. And uh, I had been conversing with the tour guide for a while because um, her name was Terry. Terry kept asking me, well, what do you want to do? Because we want to make this tour for you. 
and she wanted to you know want, know what specific things. And we had told her that one of the things we wanted to do, we like doing the the wildlife encounters. We've done the swimming with stingrays um, before, and we've done the swimming with dolphins before. And in Puerto Vallarta, there were a couple of places that did the swimming with sea lions. So we decided to do that. So she put that on on the agenda as well as um, other things in terms of things that she thinks that you know people ought to know about Puerto Vallarta. So uh, she picked us up at the dock, and she had a handicap van that was the type that I could actually just drive my scooter right in. We didn't have to take anything apart. We just got to go up the ramp into the into the van, and we did. And uh, we went on a tour of the old part of the town, and uh, we got dropped off. The tour guide, um, her uh, friend was driving the van, dropped us off, and um, we went and walked along the boardwalk. And uh, basically, that was a pretty long walk. And, of course, I scooted along. That was one thing that was good for me because uh, it was quite a, quite a long walk. But uh, there's a lot of statues along the boardwalk, and she was telling us the story of each of the statues along the way and about some of the shops. There was a shop that made all handcrafted uh, articles there, and I had told her about the Christmas ornament thing. We went there, too. I, did not, I didn't get anything at that particular place. We did a lot of a walking tour. There was a Catholic church, and it was at, uh, at the top of a, a set of steps, and I could not go up there because it wasn't scooter accessible. So Earl went up with the camera and took some pictures inside the church. And then we came back down and we walked some more. We went to Starbucks for a break and had some coffee. And then we started talking about lunch. And uh, I had told her that usually when we go to a, a seaport, we like to have seafood because we get, you know, living in Texas, we get our share of, of beef. So um, she had mentioned a place that was uh, known for their fish tacos. And that's where we ended up going for lunch. And once again, we went to go up to that restaurant and there was a step, but um, we asked the owner and sure enough, they brought out a ramp and put it down for me so I can just scoot on into the restaurant, which I did. Hmm. And Earl had the fish tacos and I had basically it was fish and chips, but it was fish and shrimp and chips. And we had some fresh made guacamole that was really good. It was unusual, too, because I've never seen guacamole that had pomegranate seeds in it before, but it was really it was actually really good didn't expect it to be good but it was the food there was excellent everything was good cool and then um went back in they took us to the new part of town and we did the tour down there and as i said everything was very new and modern we were really impressed with everything and how well laid out it was these tour guides by the way were retired teachers so we had that in common we we're both teachers they were from washington state and had visited um, puerto vallarta and fell in love with it and decided to move there and they do this to provide a service for people like me that need shore excursions that um, are mobility accessible. After that, we then went to the Aventura, which is the um, water park, and we did our sea lion encounter. I had already bought the tickets for it, so all we basically had to do is buy the little photo package. And then we went in and changed and did our encounter with the sea lion. And got our pictures taken and all that. That was a lot of fun. I always wanted to do that one. It was, I'm glad we got to do it. And they waited for us. The tour guides waited for us outside. And then when we were done, they picked us up and we went back to the boat. It was a good day. We got to do a whole lot. By the way, along the way, I didn't mention, there's a, a fairly famous place in Puerto Vallarta that has both a glass blowing factory and a tile making factory. And we did stop there as well and uh, walk around. It was a neat place. 
didn't buy anything in that place, but I did see some cool stuff while I was there. I did get my Christmas ornament from Puerto Vallarta. I got actually got it at the water park. They had them in the gift shop. I went and picked up a couple there. But then we went back to the, the to the cruise ship. But uh, as I said, Puerto Vallarta was our favorite. I would like to go back there. If not on another cruise, definitely go just on a, a standalone just to go yeah. visit it because I thought it was a neat town. And there was a lot of cool things to see. One thing, you know, having been to the Caribbean so many times, don't go to the Mexican Riviera thinking you're going to see the Caribbean style water. It's not going to be that beautiful turquoise blue water. The water's clear, but it just doesn't look the same. It's a little rough in spots. We did drive around where the um, hotel district is, where the people go to stay on the beach. The beach is not that white sugar sand. It is brown. And of course, we know that well living in the Gulf Coast of Texas. The sand we have here is not white either. But the water was nice. It just doesn't look like the water in the Caribbean. So if you go in knowing that ahead of time, it's good. It certainly sounds like you made the most out of every single port and all good things come to an end. So you make your way back to Los Angeles where you had to debark Norwegian Joy. How was the disembarkation process? It was a lot better than the embarkation. We had pre-booked the Norwegian ship's transfer from the ship to LAX. So we just basically had to wait for our turn to be called, which was a lot sooner than we thought it was going to be. We waited for a little while. The only problem with disembarkation, this has nothing to do with the cruise line. It has to do with passengers is they want to just line up and block the exits. And of course, the ship hadn't even been cleared yet. And there were people for 45 minutes to an hour that were lined up and it jams up the, the hallways. And once again, I'm in my scooter trying to make it to the place I had to go to meet the pushers that were going to take me off the ship and the other passengers that were in wheelchairs and scooters. But it was really hard to get down those hallways. It was pretty, pretty jammed up. You know, you feel like the salmon swimming upstream because uh, Earl went to go do something and he got kind of stuck trying to get back to where he needed to be. Wow. But other than that, it was fine. We waited a fairly short time. And when the lady came over and said, okay, it's your turn. We um, were able to get out there, get a porter, and get our bags, all that good stuff that we normally do. Went out to um, the bus loading area. They had a whole line of buses ready to go. And the only thing that was confusing is that our bags were marked with the terminal number on it, and that terminal number didn't match what the airline was saying I had to go to. And it turns out that it was the wrong number, but we told the driver before he dropped us off that this is the wrong number. We need to stay on for another stop. And uh, we did, and then uh, got to the airport. The only thing bad about that is you get taken to the airport at 10 o'clock in the morning. Our flight wasn't until 6 o'clock that night. Nice. So it's a long day at the airport, which would have been okay if the terminal we were at actually had something to do. But we were out in the, you know, the back 40, and there was not a lot there. There wasn't even a sit-down restaurant. There was a um, counter service sandwich place and some vending machines. And the vending machines, some of them didn't even work. Yeah. So, but... <laughs> if that had been better, it would have been okay. But uh, it wasn't a problem getting off the ship. It was just if, if people would listen to the calling and wait for your number or your color to be called, it would be fine. But they just want to get off that ship. Yeah. So they, they tended to make it kind of jumble. Do you have any first-time tips for people sailing Norwegian Joy? Book your shows and your specialty restaurants as soon as they're available online. Go to the ncl.com page and book everything that you can. Because even though the shows are free, the theaters are not gigantic. They do sell out. 
Same thing with the restaurants. We heard some passengers saying that they could not get the specialty dining restaurants they wanted, but they you know, had waited till they got on the ship to do it. I check at least a couple of times a week to see when things are going to open. And as soon as they open, I go through and I start doing my plans and get them uh, done. One thing, we did not ride the go-karts on the ship, but we heard a man, he was actually staying at the hotel with us. And when he got off the van at the cruise port, he says, I want to be the first one on here so I can book the go-karts because they sell out really fast. So if you plan to ride the go-karts, get on the ship as quick as you can and go ahead and get those booked because apparently they do sell out quite a bit. The other stuff that we noticed, and this is, this I guess is across the whole line thing. We did notice some changes on Norwegian this past cruise. There's some things that they used to do they don't do anymore. The towel animals are all gone. And even though we're adults, you know, it was always fun to come back to your room after you went to dinner and to a show and you'd find a towel animal in your room, especially when they took your own stuff and they, they put it on, they take your sunglasses or your hat or whatever. But they don't do that anymore. We asked our, our steward, by the way, our steward was great. He was, he was a great guy. He, he kept the cabin really nice and he was very friendly and told us a lot about his time on the ship and all that. But there were some weird things too. The balcony did not have a light on at it. And we thought that was really strange because all the other times we've been on Norwegian, we like to go out on the balcony at night. Well, there's no light. And I asked him, why isn't there a light? He said, well, they decided it was wasting money, so they took it out. And I thought that was kind of bizarre. I mean, you know, how much much electricity can one of the little LCD things do? Yeah. But LED things do. But anyway, just be prepared for some some changes. If you've been a longtime cruiser with NCL, you may see some things that are different on here. Hmm. The photo package, if you decide to get a photo package, book it before you get on the ship. They have a new service they're using. And we noticed this time that you get fewer pictures in the package. But if you don't book it ahead of time, the price goes up dramatically if you book it on the ship. So book it as soon as you can. You know, as soon as it's available, go ahead and book the photo package. And um, I think that's it. Everything else is pretty pretty much as we expected. Looking back, I probably know the answer to this next question. But looking back, what was the biggest highlight for you? Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we really did like that port. The ladies that were the tour guides were really nice and and were very accommodating, and they gave us a really good day there. That was our favorite thing. In fact, looking back on our 20 years of cruising, it's definitely one of our best shore excursions we've ever done, and we're definitely going to give them some good feedback when we get a chance to get online and give them a good review for the service they provided. And in closing, final thoughts of Norwegian Joy. It's a really good ship. It's very modern. It's understated in terms of its decor. Nothing really bright and flashy. It uses a lot of muted colors and all on the ship. One thing, if you like to hang out by the pools, just remember that the pools on this particular ship is actually, they're they're small. It's not like I expect on a cruise ship where you expect a big pool area. The pool areas are small. They need to have some more hot tubs too. I noticed there's only a couple of hot tubs on there. But we like the ship. It'll be nice to see where Norwegian goes in the future since this is the end of the Breakaway Plus ships. They're moving to the Leonardo class next. So I'm kind of curious to see. I know they're going to be smaller ships, but I wonder if they take some of the ideas that they use on the Breakaway class ships and then apply it and then hopefully listen to some of our feedback and do some of those things as well. We've been talking with Stephen about his seven-night cruise on Norwegian Joy. Thank you so much for stopping by. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You have a good one. During these difficult times for the travel industry, Cruise Radio stands behind the men and women who work so hard to bring our vacation dreams to life. From the captains and crew to travel agents, tour operators, vendors, and port employees, we offer a sincere thank you on behalf of the thousands of guests whose lives you impact each and every day. 